You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, g'day guys and welcome back to another episode of 10 List Tuesday, the renamed Team List Tuesday. Uh, obviously part of the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast, proudly sport, sponsored by the Standard Squeeze. I'm your host, Nathan Brain, the super coach Brain, Brain underscore FS on Twitter. You can find me. And uh, I'm writing solo again. I'm writing solo again because Matty is living the dream, living it up on holidays over in South Africa. Good luck to him. Uh, maybe he can do some work when he gets back. Guys, we're live. Drop a comment with your score and your rank from last week. We'll touch on mine and uh, and plenty more in this episode. But uh, this is your opportunity for those of you that Captain Nico Hines to brag away. Let us know how well you went in the comments. Uh, and guys, before we jump in, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit like on the episode if you like the content. And, uh, you know, to help us grow the channel and, and obviously support the channel, tell a mate and give us a review. It's the only way that we can reach more people and we'd really appreciate it. On today's show... We're going to talk through my round five scores and rank. Yes, I'll publicize it. I saw Green Arrows this week, so I'm pretty happy with that. But uh, obviously, it could have been much more by not owning Nico Hines, which is a bit of a dagger to the heart. So uh, hopefully, we see some improvement this week. We'll also talk through the top 10 bought players and the top 10 sold players as well. So plenty to talk about there. There's a lot of movement going on this week, obviously being the second week of price rises. Uh, so plenty to talk about. We'll do a bit of a Q&A at the end of the segment as well. So if you've got any questions or anything that you want to know about your team, make sure to pop it in the comments below and I will cover it right at the end of, of tonight. Or obviously, if there's anything pressing that's relevant to the content, I'll cover it as we go. We'll talk about all eight games team lists as well. The the, the players that are named, that are not named, the players that are back in the team and all the super coach relevance for round five moving forward. And also I'll, I'll talk about my trade options uh, or what I'm thinking for trades this week, as well as my captaincy options. We also got some uh, questions on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram leading up to tonight. So I'll also cover those questions if you drop one in the comments there too. So um, plenty, plenty to cover. And instead of looking at my head, what we're going to do is we're going to go through some slides that I have prepared earlier. Good old Tinless Tuesday. I'm really happy with that. Really happy with that name. Um, so guys, before we get into my score, it's important for us to talk about the squeezer of the week. Now, obviously, if, if you're new to the channel, first of all, welcome. Secondly, uh, you obviously have missed what the squeezer of the week is and, and obviously uh, provided by our very generous sponsors, the Standard Squeeze, a combo pack will be going out every single week to the winner of the squeezer of the week. This week, we made the challenge to be the top scorer in our unlimited group. And as you can see at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, you'll see the code 451840. Just so everybody knows, before we give out the Squeezer of the Week award, uh, this will, entry will be closing off at the end of round five. So you have literally five or six days left, uh, five days left until we'll be closing off entry into that competition, into that unlimited league uh, where you could, if you win that league, you could go uh, and, and win a super coach ring uh, and you could win an episode on the podcast with us at the end of the season as well to get a bit of bragging rights over the boys. So definitely jump into that group code. If you haven't yet, uh, we'll be closing that off on Sunday. So before we dive in, squeezer of the week, what we'll do actually, we'll quickly slide past my score. Squeezer of the week is the cherry poppers. I'm actually not quite sure how to say the name, D-H-Y-E-Y. -E 
not even going to try and pronounce it. I'll absolutely butcher it. But uh, congratulations, mate. You're the, the winner of the squeezer of the week. You win yourself a combo pack. So if you're watching tonight, mate, flick us a message on Facebook or Instagram or on social media in general, and we'll definitely uh, get in contact with you and, and we'll just grab your address and we'll make sure that that combo pack from the standard squeeze gets sent out to you in the next few days, mate. So 1,420, that is a that is a monster score. And I know a friend of the podcast, Ryan Hammond, got four, 14... 13 this week and he was very very close to taking it out and I, th- I know that he's spewing missing out on that one so uh what well under cherry poppers cracker of a name as well mate by the way very impressed um for taking out the squeezer of the week good on you now my score good old sheensy's revival sheensy's about dead at this point boys it's uh it's not good but that's okay um we scored 1108 without nico Hines. i'm not not super upset with that uh, current rank about 20, just under 30,000. Uh, so I went up about 5,000 spots this week, which, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not too upset about, I've made some good bank as well. I think I've made a bit over a million, probably 1.2 million in, in cash generation over the last two weeks. So I think I'm really happy with the way that my team's looking really happy with the way things are coming together in terms of the cheapies that I've picked and the cash that I've made. And, uh, we'll see if we can turn that into some quality players, over the next few weeks, which is my plan. Uh, so we'll talk about my trades at the end, but my plan this week is to actually spend the cash that I have, uh, the cash that I've planned to keep, and uh, we'll get some really quality players in this week to hopefully get me back up the rankings because it's been pretty grim up to this point, 30,000. Bloody stinker. Um, guys, as we mentioned at the start of the show, we're lucky enough to be sponsored by the Standard Squeeze. If you haven't looked into the Standard Squeeze or heard of them yet, you will soon. But uh, as everybody knows, Maddie and I enjoy a drink. Uh, at the best of times and the standard squeeze makes it really easy to have a drink and get the perfect pour so that you're drinking responsibly which is always important uh, but also very conveniently as well so all you need to do if you want to have a drink and I'll have one right now as uh, you got my four in one here so this is actually kind of like a keeps your drink cold and also keeps your drink hot so I have a coffee in the morning and I have a drink in the afternoon so happy days and all you do then is you just squeeze this and it fills it up to the perfect pour 30 mils it's got the marker on there tip her in you can have the shot if you really want to um but it's a tuesday night so you know school night got to be got to be a good boy just mix it in with some coke or whatever you're having there so um let's see if i can actually get a drink in this pod instead of chatting the whole thing um but yeah guys if you haven't heard of the standard squeeze it's food grade quality plastic so these guys have done a really good job producing a quality product that's not going to break, um, you know, and it, it definitely helps if you, you you want to drink spirits and you don't have to drag a glass bottle around if you're going camping or fishing or somewhere where you're going to be going four-wheel driving and the bottles are going to be bouncing around everywhere. So um, quality product pours the perfect 30-mil shot so you're not guessing and free-pouring as to how much you're having, especially if you're driving. It's important to not drink and drive. So uh, make, it, it kind of gives you an ability to know how much you've drank. Uh, three different sizes of these as well. I think I've got a couple back here. This is the mini. It's tiny. Uh, I think it carries probably maybe half a bottle, maybe 300 mil. So um, pop that in the back in the old skyrocket and uh, get into the footy and have a drink and, and you're all sorted and the seckies won't even catch up because they won't know. Um, so go on, guys. Have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com. You can use the code MOLTON15 to get yourself 15% off at checkout as well. Or you can win the squeeze of the week as you would have just seen. So we'll be sending a combo pack, which is three different sizes of these bad boys straight out to the winner there of the cherry poppers. I'm, I'm such a big fan of that name. Um, let's move on. We've got some comments coming in, which is great. 
Uh, Damo 1069, Captain Grant. Yep, feel ya. Uh, Captain Grant as well, thinking that he was going to go big against the Tigers and he had a absolute stinker, didn't he? 44, no good. Rod T, can I sulk and cry about not getting him last week, but rest assured I'm getting him this week regardless of buyers. Yep, we'll talk about trades at the end, but I can guarantee that Nico Hines is in a lot of them. Uh, Mickey Dell with the fire emoji. Love your work, mate. Ryan Parry. Entertain me on the drive to training, mate. I'm not. I don't have Matty O'Brien with me, my co-host. Uh, he's usually the entertainment for this podcast, so I'll give, I'll give it a crack, but we'll, I can't promise anything. Uh, and then we've got a couple of questions on trades, which we'll cover very soon. So um, keep getting those comments in. Keep letting us know how you went last week, whether you went up and down in the rankings, and what your thoughts are for trades. And if you have any questions, drop them in. We'll cover them all. Uh, all right, let's move on. So most popular trades for this week. Goodness me. There's a little bit of Nico Hines going on here, isn't there? As you can see, Nico Hines is in nine of the top 10 most popular trades at this point in time on Tuesday. So everybody's got a little bit of FOMO with Nico Hines and they've gone, yep, I need to get this bloke in. He just buried me last last round with his 180. I mean, 149, I was thinking, look, 149, still no good if you're not owning him, but bloody hell. Imagine waking up to the bloke and he gets 180 friggin' points. Rubbish. Rubbish as a non-owner. You'd be absolutely cheering, though, if you were an owner and you captained him. You threw the captain's armband on him. Uh, everybody that obviously got 1,400, 1,300, whatever it be, they chucked the captain's armband on Nico Hines and he did him a real solid. So good on you. Full credit to you for having a crack at that because that was a big risk and an even bigger reward. So well played. Um, so Nico Hines, well, obviously people are trading at Cam Murray. They're trading at Tohu Harris. Keep in mind Tohu Harris when we get to the Warriors game, but he's been named but there is a risk that he doesn't play. So keep that in mind. Adam Dewey is coming out for Josh Schuster, which is the third most popular trade. And I assume people are doing that trade because they're trying to get Nico Hines. So they're going Dewey down to Schuster and then probably someone like Sam Walker up to Nico Hines. Um, so that's probably what that looks like. People are going Nathan Cleary to Nico Hines. I mean, it's only a thousand people, but still you've got to keep the, you've got to keep the the chin in your team. I think this, uh, this year, I think, Honestly, this could be the game that he goes very, very large. And I know I said that last week, but he got 77, I think it was, 80, and he got downgraded. Um, He is on the precipice of a monster score this week. So I would not be trading at Nathan Cleary if you have him. Adam Reynolds going out to Nico Hines. I still think that's probably even – I mean, look, I know people want Nico Hines, and it it makes sense if you've got Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds there to go Adam Reynolds to Nico Hines. So I understand that. But if you've got a way to hold Adam Reynolds – I don't hate it. He did have a shit score on the weekend, but I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I think Adam Reynolds could come good. He's got the goal kicking. Broncos have a great draw. Uh, Sam Walker, the sixth most popular to Nico Hines. Yeah, that makes sense. All for that. Uh, Ruben Cotter, again, through Jules, getting to Nico Hines. Yep, completely understand that. Tanner Boyd is also, yep. Luke Garner hasn't even been named. So, And Daly Cherry Evans. If you got Daly Cherry Evans in after he got his 115 after his hat-trick, uh, shame on you because, uh, yeah, that's coming back to bite you in the arse and burn you a trade now. So, uh, yeah, no sympathy on that one. But uh, let's so let's talk about the most top 10 traded in. Nico Hines is absolutely leading this list at 18,000 super coaches bringing in Nico Hines. I'm all for it. Joshy Schuster, 6,000. He's the second most brought in. Um, I'm actually not sold on Josh Schuster. And I said this last week. I said, you know, he got 59 in, in his first game back in round four. Uh, sorry, in round three, with three try assists, right? That's 36 points in try assists. He had nine points in base, nine. So 
uh, big concerns for me around Josh Schuster. He got 22 or 25, I think it was, on the weekend. So not exactly sold on, on Josh Schuster, but I think obviously people are looking at Cam Murray down to him or Adam Dewey down to him in the 5'8". But I tell you what, if you're sitting right now on a Tuesday night into round five with Josh Schuster and Isaiah Katoa in your 5'8", I'd be holding on for dear life this weekend because it could honestly be an, a complete shit show. Uh, I would not want Josh Schuster in my 5'8", unless I didn't have Isaiah Katoa there and I had another gun at 5'8". Uh, or you'd use him in the 2RF, which which I'm all for. I prefer, if I'm ever going to bring Schuster in, it'll be in the second row. Um, but I'll show you my trades a little bit later and it'll be uh, you'll understand why I'm not going with Schuster this week. Jackson Ford, 5,600 people are bringing him in. Absolutely agree with this one. It looks like he's got that 80-minute edge role, left edge role at the Warriors. And with Tohu, sorry, Tohu Harris out, um, there's probably a good chance that he just holds 80 minutes and there's no risk there of rotation issues with him. So all for that. Payne Haas, again, people are jumping on Payne Haas after he's 70-odd last week. I completely understand that one. Jonah Pezzett, I'm a little bit puzzled by Jonah Pezzett, people bringing in him because, I mean, he's going to get one price rise and then Jerome Hughes comes straight back into this team. Now, I mean, he could go back to the 14 jersey. He could play a utility role for the Storm, and you might get another maybe couple of price rises out of him, but I'm not a huge fan of picking up a bloke for one price rise, maybe two, maybe one and a half, I guess you could probably call it, price rises before he then goes back to a kind of bench role and plays 20 minutes off the bench as a bit of impact. Not a fan. Um, Especially at halfback. That's such a premium position as well. So I wouldn't be doing that. Reese Walsh people are now, they missed a week. They didn't go on Reese Walsh, but now they're kind of going full Nico on, on Reese Walsh and bringing him in after the big price rise. Uh, so he's got a really nice break even this week. Makes sense. Elias Katoa. I am a big fan of Elias Katoa. I think he could do some serious damage this week. And I'll, I'll talk about why very soon when we go through the storm game uh, against the Souths. But uh, Katoa, all for it. You probably missed 150k really everybody who started at 411k for Katoa would be absolutely cheering right now so good on you for starting with him um big Tino's brother Isaac Farsul Maliawi 1741 people are bringing him in yeah they're using that as a cotter downgrade to find the cash to get Nico I think all a lot of these trades are actually now downgrades to try and find cash for Nico Hines so yeah okay but again he sits in the same category as a as a Jonah Pezzett um, I mean, he'll get bench minutes, but how often is he going to get 40-plus minutes? I don't think that's going to happen. And then the last two, William Warbrick. People are bringing William Warbrick in. Who didn't start with him? Who didn't start with William Warbrick? That's a that's that's really bizarre. But anyway, 1,700 people didn't, clearly. Uh, and then Cam Munster, 1644. People are going early on Cam Munster. Keep in mind that his break-even's up in the hundreds this week. You can probably watch, especially against South. South have been pretty good this this year. So I'd probably be waiting on Cam Munster. I know that maybe people are going instead of Dill Brown, they're going do it in Munster. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think you've got to look at Dylan Brown. We need to remember also that the bye period, very relevant. Munster's going to be playing Origin and miss a few games through the middle of the year, as will Harry Grant, Tedesco, these guys. Um, whereas Dylan Brown's going to play all three major bye rounds and is also a Kiwi. So it's not any contention around origin or any missing games through that middle of the season. So keep that in mind. Um, trading out, Cam Murray, absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I think Cam Murray is a, a massive sell this week, and I'm, I'm very concerned around Cam Murray's game and Cam Murray's role in this team. He seems to be passing before the line. For anybody who actually follows Supercoach Adrian or Adrianosaurus, um, cracker of a bloke, very, very funny podcast. Um, but he, he made a funny song 
on Twitter about uh, Cam Murray passing before the line and just being a bit of a tackle bot. And this is what I think about Cam Murray. Get that garbage out of here! He's not the same player that he was, unfortunately. He's um, just... Everyone was hoping for the Cam Murray that took 17 to 20 runs a game and, and made 50 tackles, and he's not that guy this year. He's playing that link man role. So I, I'm all for getting rid of Cam Murray, and there's a few questions around him today. Adam Dewey... 4,000 people getting rid of him, probably for Dylan Brown or Munster or Schuster. So fair enough. Tolhu Harris. Guys, I probably watch Tolhu Harris and, and have a look at what's going on with that Sharks New Zealand game. The worst part is they play Sunday 4 p.m. So uh, that makes it a bit tricky, doesn't it, with um, with Tolhu? But if you're going to get away with holding him or we get some news throughout the week that he's going to be good to go or they do a captain's run and he's sorted before maybe Friday, maybe hold off on trading him. Um I understand if you're going down to find cash. I, I get that too. Sammy Walker, he goes this week. And obviously the plan for anybody who had Sam Walker from the start was to go to Nico. Fair enough. Braden Trindle's going as well. He's been named in the 17 jersey this week. Fair enough. 2,800 people are bailing on him. He didn't play last week. And and obviously anybody who held him for a bit of cash, Jen, it probably kind of disappears now that he's only a halfback. Um, it's a shame he's not dual. But obviously, halfback only. So, yep, that's a bail. Tanner Boyd, get out of here. He, he's that get that garbage out of here kind of guy like Cam Murray. He hasn't really done much. Although, he got 50. 50 on the weekend. I mean, you take 50 from a bloke that's 384K. So, I'm a bit harsh, aren't I? Um, Adam Reynolds, people trading him out for Nico. I get that. All these halfbacks are getting binned. Fair enough. Ruben Cotter goes, obviously, this is week two that he hasn't been named. So that's that's fair enough. I understand that one. Hopefully, people are going up, though. There's not many good front row forward downgrade options this week uh, or this year so far. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, the bloke's an absolute bin. So um, uh, I'd say maybe people are going to Matt Croker, but obviously not in the most traded in players. So Ruben Cotter, two and a half thousand. See you later. People are bailing on Latrell Mitchell after the cash loss. And they've got Melbourne again this week. Look, we said from the start of the season, if you're picking Latrell, you're picking him based on the fact that he is a quality player and he will come good and he will play well against good teams. And unfortunately, it hasn't really been the case, has it? It's actually been pretty disappointing, Latrell. I mean, he's been scoring 65s, but last week he got a 30-odd. So his uh, his break-even this week, I think, is in 120 or something like that. So understand, Nathan Cleary, do not sell Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary will score 150 at some point this year in the first 10 rounds. I can guarantee it. If he doesn't, call me out in the pod. Call me out on Twitter, Facebook, don't care, wherever it is. Uh, Nathan Cleary will score 150 plus. And Canberra Raiders this week, I tell you what, if he's going to score 150 against any team, it's going to be the faders because they've stunk the place up so far. Need a drink. This uh, solo podcasting, I tell you what, can't wait for Maddie to be back. Throat sore, lots of chatting. Not a big talker as it is. So, uh, yeah, Maddie, when you want to come back from holidays, mate, more for it. All right, let's move on. First game. Now, first game Roosters versus the Eels, 8 p.m. Thursday night. He was sitting in 15th. I didn't actually expect that. But, uh, yeah, they've had a rough start, one and four, the Eels, but they've got a bit of momentum. Let's see what they can do. So, uh, we've snagged all of the team lists from zero tackle.com. So full credit to the guys over at zero tackle. They've done a cracker of a job here, getting all of the content out real quick as soon as teams go out. So thank you to those guys, guys drop comments as we go, get the chat happening. Um, I guess notable outs here in this game, Joey Manu is out. 
here uh, and Drew Hutchison starts at centre. Mr. Fix-It, Drew Hutchison, by the sounds of things. Uh, he's one of Robbo's biggest fans, I think. Well, sorry, he's um, one of Robbo's biggest fans. Drew Hutchison is uh, probably the most overrated player in the NRL, especially with Trent Robinson. I'm not a big fan of Hutchison at all. Um, but that is the only change there for the Roosters. Everything else is named 1-17 to 17, aside from that change. Uh, for Parramatta Eels, Junior Bolo comes out. Wiramu Greg starts at prop in this game. I'm not quite sure whether it stays that way, but let's just see how that plays out. And uh, Jack Murchie comes back onto the bench and Gerard Mamasia drops out into the reserves. So uh, some notable, I guess, points here in this game. Uh, the first one I'm watching is Brandon Smith. He's been named to start. Uh, now, obviously, he wasn't named to start last the week before last when he came back from that rib injury, but he's had a week off. So it'll be interesting to see what his output looks like. I know a lot of people jumped off Brandon Smith, but just remember how much everyone was talking about this bloke uh, over the preseason in the first two months leading up. So it'll be very interesting to see what the minute split is because Jake Turpin's on the bench there. So very relevant. Uh, Brandon Smith minutes are are definitely what I'll be watching this weekend. Another thing I'll be watching is James Tedesco. And the reason why I'm going to be watching Teddy, and I know Martini Dimes dropped a question. I think it might've been on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, it was on Twitter. Uh, with just just with Teddy, with the eyes, with the eyes emoji, and I'm all for it because Parramatta, so fullbacks against Parramatta average 90 super coach points per game this season. 90 per game. And, and we know Teddy's been in a bit of a funk, but goodness me, there was a game, I think, I can't remember who it was, against the Dolphins, I think, where he could have honestly scored 150 in that game if Joseph Suwali didn't absolutely butcher him under the posts. Uh, he also dropped one cold and a line break that would have ended in a try too. So he honestly could have scored 150 that game against the Dolphins. And um, we know how leaky Parramatta have been in terms of defense. They looked a lot better last week, didn't they? But uh, yeah, Tedesco. I, honestly, I reckon Tedesco on a Thursday night. I know you never captain a guy on a Thursday night. I'm definitely not saying Captain Teddy, but maybe throw the VC on him because uh, I'm sure that we all have some Gold Coast Titans players in our team that we can use as a loop option. Um, you heard it here first. Teddy could go large, 100 plus. I might add that to my hot takes, depending on whether I do a countdown show on Thursday or not. Um, another one I'm watching is Ryan Madison. Now, Ryan Madison, I guess, and, and the edges, Bryce Cartwright, Matty Dory coming off the bench. There's a lot going on there. Uh, no, we know Jermaine Hopgood is the guy at the lock position now for Parramatta, so I think he's probably going to stay there. Unfortunately, we didn't get a really good idea on what was going to happen with that rotation due to the fact that uh, Jermaine Hopgood ended up. Uh, he ended up uh, going off a HIA. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, But it'll be interesting to see whether Hopgood gets uh, benched or gets rested. And then uh, we'll see Ryan Madison potentially move into the middle of the field. So that's a a close watch. I mentioned that last week, and unfortunately we didn't get a good indication of whether that was going to happen. But what's going to happen with Matty Dory coming off the bench? Uh, Bryce Cartwright seems to be the preferred left edge uh, left edge back rower at the moment, so he'll stay and he'll continue to make some cash. The interesting question is, do you go Cartwright now, knowing that Sean Lane is probably a week or two away? I'd probably say you don't. Um, but Ryan Madison is a – I would not argue with you. If you didn't have many problems going on this week, I probably wouldn't argue if you brought him in a week early. I'm all for it because Ryan Madison played 80 minutes last week and looked incredible. So – Absolutely all for that. And Brendan Hands is on the bench here as well, which means that Josh Hodgson will not get 80 minutes. So, And so he shouldn't, really, let's be honest. Um, looked like he was running backwards in the only line break that he had this year. So 
I would say Brendan Hands, especially with how well he played last week, mate, he, he should be seeing at least 30 to 40 minutes this game. And I think they'll probably use him as a bit of impact, maybe uh, at the back end of the first half and maybe to finish the game off. So all for it. And that's the Roosters versus Parramatta. I'll probably, oh, I'll probably back the Roosters coming off a rest. We, we said that the, the Parramatta Reels are, are pretty hard done by with this draw. They're playing three games in a row where they're playing the team coming off the bye. Uh, very stiff for the Eels. And if you're an Eels fan, I feel for you. Um, so I, I'll back the Roosters in this one. The next game is the Faders versus the Penrith Panthers down at GIO in Canberra. Um, it's probably about 14 degrees right now down there, but it's 28 everywhere else. Uh, so Canberra Raiders versus the Penrith Panthers, some notable outs here and a few teamless changes. So Jack Whiten comes out, Matty Frawley goes into the sixth Jersey here. Uh, Jamal Fogarty comes back from that illness that he had that stopped him from playing last week. And, and, uh, Rapana comes back as well. Jordan Rapana onto that wing. So, um, that's the only changes for the Raiders. And then the Panthers, we've got Luke Garner not named this week. That's a very interesting one. I'm not quite sure whether they uh, – I am not. I haven't seen any injuries uh, with Luke Garner. So I'd say that um, Cleary's just gone, no, nah, I'm sick of this bloke. Poor defensive reads, shit runs, no thank you. Uh, so Sonny Luke is also out with that HIA. He's got to do the Category 1 11-day stand down. So we won't see him this week, but hopefully he's back next week. And then uh, Peachy comes in on the 14, but the big talking point here, guys, good old Hosking comes into this team. I'm incredibly excited about Zach Hosking coming into this lineup, and I honestly think that he will hold down that, well, I could be right edge, I'd say, because Scott Sorensen comes in on the left edge this week with Liam Martin still out. But honestly, Liam Martin could play either side of the ruck. He could play in the middle. He could play on an edge. It doesn't matter where he is. I would say that because Zach Hosking is a right side or right edge uh, player and he had a really good link up with Cleary last week, I'd say they probably keep Hosking on the right and maybe move Martin to the left when he comes back. Uh, or they just keep Sorensen there and they play Martin through the middle. Um, all for that as well. I probably don't see that happening with Leota and Fisher Harris, but Martin can is very versatile and can play anywhere, so I'm all for it. But Zach Hosking, holy shit, this guy is a watch. If you're going to go early on him, I'm all for that. Um, but next week he could be the most owned at 458k, so big watch there. Now, things to keep in mind against the Raiders. We know that the Raiders haven't been good the last few weeks, and Brian, uh, so Brian Toto is in my watch list this week. Uh, so obviously as the right edge or right winger. Um, the Raiders leak 62 points to right wingers this uh, this year. So I would say that a lot of traffic will be going down that right side with Cleary, Hosking, uh, and Crichton and Toto. I'd say a lot of their attack goes down the right side against the Canberra Raiders, knowing how leaky that right edge defense is. So Toto, pretty good shout. If you've kept Toto this week, um, I'd, or if you're thinking of keeping him this week, I'd probably say that you're on the right track. Last thing here, Tarpany. Joey Tarpany is a guy that I'm looking at this week, and I think he's had a four weeks to kind of ease into his work now. Now, I, I can't wait for him to start playing 55 to 60 minutes. We know the guy's a 1.3 ppm kind of guy. He's just part of Ricky Roulette at the moment, isn't he? He's just getting the the 40, 45, 48 minutes a game, and he's still bashing out 60s. The guy's an absolute PPM beast. And obviously, uh, if you've got Joey Tarpany in your sights this week, I'd, I'd approve of that. I do myself. Uh, we'll talk about trades at the end. 
but I'm watching Tarpany's minutes because there are two props and Corey Horsburgh on the bench. So essentially you've got three middles on the bench at the moment and you've got Tommy Starling. So Tommy Starling off the bench, he changed into starting hooker and Zach Wolford dropped back last week. It'd be very interesting to see whether that happens again and whether Tom Starling starts and Wolford drops back or whether they keep it as named one to 17. So keep an eye out on that. But yeah, Joey Tarpany, he can do damage. I just love to see him get 50 to 55 minutes a game like he did in the middle of the season last year. Um, but if you're going early on him, I think his break even's about 73. I'd be I'd be going to him this week if you if you have an opportunity. And obviously, if you're going to Payne Haas, that's that's completely fine as well. But um, yeah, back in the back in the Panthers to win and win well doesn't matter if it's at home or not. I think they're going to win pretty comfortably in this one, and I think Cleary is going to go pretty large, hundred plus. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes one twenty plus this week. So think twice if you're selling. Next game, the last Friday night game, the Rabbitohs versus Storm. This will be an absolute banger of a game if you're going to tune into this one. If you're going to watch any game of footy this week, it'll be this one. So uh, only changes here. We've got Harm Sele coming onto the bench. And uh, Davey Mawali, I guess some concerns around him going to be middle sharing as well with Harm Sele coming back on to the bench. Got Jed Cartwright and Michael Cheekham, two edge second rowers, coming uh, onto the bench to make up that bench there. And then obviously we've got Cam Murray at lock. Host and Kaloma Tangi still in the second row. And then obviously they line up as they always have all year. So not many changes for the Rabbitohs. But anybody who owns David Mowali, I'd probably be... I mean, there's not really any good downgrade or upgrade options at the moment around that price tag. So he's probably a future Nathan's problem because I've got him. Um, so I'll, I'll be leaving him to just plod along on my bench until we find a front row forward uh, basement price GP option. No changes for Melbourne here. They're 1-17. to 17. Hughes remains out. Pezzett will get a price rise this week, but I'd say that Hughes comes straight back into this team and then Pezzett either drops back to the 14 jersey or goes straight out of this team. Uh, I'd say Pezzett probably earned a utility role. So if you go into Pezzett this week, there might be a chance you might get two or three price rises, but they won't be huge. This one will be, but I could say that the ones after next week might not be. So keep that in mind if you go into Pezzett. I'd probably recommend going elsewhere. Um, a few question marks, I guess, for me. Latrell Mitchell, is he going to step up? Is he going to turn up this year or not? Because he scored 60s, 70s, 30-odd last week. Piss poor effort. Um, he's got 127 break even. But some things to note. Latrell loves stepping up against good teams. Loves it. Thrives on stepping up against good teams. And his last three games against the Storm have gone 99, 71, which isn't amazing for Latrell, but it's still good. And then 117. So that's over 2021 and 2022. Um, so you can probably bet your bottom dollar that Latrell at home is going to come out and turn up against this Melbourne Storm lineup. Uh, so if you're holding Latrell this week, I'd recommend you do. Uh, if you're looking at selling him, I'd probably reconsider and look elsewhere. Unless you're going down to Reese Walsh, I get that against the Tigers, 100%. Um, some fun facts, I guess, or some stats to know. The right edge uh, second rowers against Melbourne averaged 74 points per game. So Keon Kalomatangi, he's in some cr- incredible form. Um, but there's a, a good chance that he continues his form this uh, this round. I think he got 96 last week, honestly, averaging 74. I don't know how many good right-edge second rowers have come up against the Storm this this year so far, but I tell you what, Kalal Matangi, one of the best of them. Um, I would say that Cameron Murray is Kalal Matangi from Wish at the moment. So Keon Kalal Matangi, get him my team. I like him as a pod option. Absolutely big fan. Uh, Cam Murray, is he going to make more runs? Is he going to stop passing before the line? Is he going to not play that link band role? And is he going to get more involved? The bloke made 57 tackles last week and took seven runs. Very, very disappointing. 
Um, I guess another talking point here is Elias Katoa. Is he going to continue his run? Is he going to um, continue to break and get light three line breaks a game? Probably not. But I, I tell you what, Munster playing each side of the ruck, very, very enticing, isn't it? Um, I'd say that you're not priced out of Katoa just yet, but I reckon two more games and you've left your run too late. So right edge, second row has averaged 60 against the Rabbitohs. So I'm all for Katoa this week. And will Harry Grant bounce back? I am scarred by captaining Harry Grant last week. Absolutely scarred. Rotten about it. 44 when Nico Hines got 180. That's 137. 274 points down. So if I got that extra 274 points, the difference between the captain and not, um, I would have probably been in the top 1%. Absolute spew worthy. Um, But yeah, that's Rabbitohs and Storm. Let's move on to the Sea Eagles versus the Knights. The first Saturday game. Ah, oh, God, they put Hank Scorpio on the front of this image. That's an interesting one. But um, he's actually been okay. He's been all right recently. And Dan Gagai, good on him. He had 100 last week. Uh, so Sea Eagles versus the Knights. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a game that will be a VC target for a lot of teams this week. Um, so Cola, Tolotur Cola is out, replaced by Morgan Harper, the bloke that's still got Talakai imprints on his forehead. Poor bloke. Probably still having nightmares about that. Uh, but Cole is out. That's a that's a bit of a loss for Manly, unfortunately. He's been good. And Kurt Mann is out, replaced by Jack Johns, which really, honestly, let's be honest, that doesn't mean anything. Um, to be fair, though, to the Knights, they've actually been better than I thought they would be against some relatively good teams. Uh, so, yeah, Kurt Mann out doesn't make a difference. But honestly, guys, my watch points for this one, Tommy Turbo or Ruben Garrick, uh, some absolutely prime VC options this week. I think they're really good VC options, in, especially because we've got Titans players in our lineup. You can wait until the, la- the second last game of the round, really, if you wanted to loop. So um, Tommy Turbo is a VC watch, and Ruben Garrick, if you have him, is a VC watch. And Ruben Garrick is also a very, very good buy this week because there is a good chance he could score 100 plus. And I probably back that he will score 100 plus this week, Ruben Garrick. Josh Schuster obviously comes in for his third game in his first price rise this year, coming off a 20-odd um, after his first game of 59. Everybody got really excited about Schuster, and then the the excitement was curbed. The brakes were hit very, very quickly with Josh Schuster, showing that he's all attack and no base. So honestly, I saw uh, a good friend of the podcast, Anton Poser, a, one of the Warriors legends and, and uh, Warriors Intel supporters on Twitter, say that he was going to no-look pass on Schuster this week, and I really like that one, so I'm going to steal it and use it. No-look passing on Schuster this week. I am not going with Josh Schuster. I will pick him up next week if I need to, if he shows me this week that he can perform against an average team and shows me that he can actually get those attacking stats that we know that he's capable of, I'll probably jump next week and make about 50 grand from it. Um, There is no urgency to go this week at all on Josh Schuster, unless you need a downgrade option. Matty Croker, he's on cash watch, I think, at front row. I think he's about 300K maybe, and unfortunately, he's gonna you're going to have to pay up to get him, but he could make you some cash and get you to that next-level mid-range option for front row forward. So I don't mind Matt Croker as a bit of a cash grab, but you can watch again this week because it's only his second game. So And he's off the bench. He got 45 minutes off the bench last week at about a point per minute. So he's done pretty well for himself. Lockie Miller, is he going to go big again? Now, uh, stat to know when for everybody trading in Lachlan Miller this week, as good as he has looked, Manly, any fullback opposition fullback against Manly, only averages 49 this year. So fullbacks have not had a good time against Manly. 
worth noting if you're looking at trading in Lockie Miller this week, it might not be the week to go. Um, but again, he's he looked incredible, hasn't he? He's kind of like a um, Teddy 2.0 with the way that he plays and bumps off players and gets tackle breaks. Um, so he's been quality. Um, I guess last talking point for this one, uh, we've got Marju. Greg Marju comes in for his second game. And you, and you can look again at Greg Marju. You don't have to jump right now. You get another look. Coming off 120-something last week, and he got 22 points in tackle breaks. 11 tackle breaks last week for a winger. Bloke's a beast. Absolute beast. I would have started with him this week, I think, if uh, – oh, sorry, not this week. I would have started with him at the start of the season instead of David Norfoluma. What a bloody disaster that was. Um, yeah, Norfa, see you later in New South Wales Cup. But Greg Marju, quality player. 22 points in tackle busts alone. Uh, the guy's a beast. Get him in your team next week. If he performs again this week, I'm, I'm a big fan. And obviously, Jacko Hastings getting a lot of the ball with Kalen Ponger out. So they're going to be using that right edge a lot this year. All right, guys. Before we before we move on, obviously, I want to shout out to another uh, sponsor of the podcast is Snap Fitness Epsom and Bendigo. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How good. How good. Thanks to the guys over at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for supporting the podcast. All right, let's move on to our next game. Why are they putting Moses Embi on the front here? Rubbish. Uh, Dragons versus the Dolphins. Dolphins in top form. Dragons, not so much. Um, so let's move into the teams. Notable outs. Sharon Woods drops out of this team, unfortunately. And I, I guess some things to keep an eye on here. This extended bench looks like a starting uh, starting bunch of players. We've got Talat- uh, sorry, we've got uh, Tato Moga. We've got Talatau Amon and Jack DeBellin, all on the extended bench. Michael Molo also, in, in his own right, is a is a good player. So I reckon there could be some changes here 24 hours out when they cut the extended benches. So keep an eye on what that looks like. Um, yeah, but obviously not super relevant with really any Dragons players unless people had Tyrell Sloan, which you'd be pretty spewing, wouldn't you, if you went Tyrell Sloan last week? Bit of a stinker. Um, 
Katoa, Isaiah Katoa comes back into this Dolphins lineup. Everybody probably breathes a sigh of relief with Katoa coming back into this team. And, and obviously with Sean O'Sullivan, unfortunately, missing out with a pec tear, he's going to miss probably eight to 12 weeks as a minimum. Uh, actually, no, probably three to four months. So unfortunate for Sean O'Sullivan, but it gives Anthony Milford, I guess, a chance to kind of get back into this team and show everybody and Uncle Wayne what he's about. We know he's a good player when he's, in, when he's on. Um, and Tessie New drops out as well with that injury. So um, we've got Jack Bostock coming in on the right wing. So, uh, sorry, he'll come in on the left wing unless they swap them. Uh, I know Jermaine Osako is predominantly a right winger, so I'd say that he'll come in on the left wing, which is a really good place to be, mind you. Um, they like that kind of sweeping play with Hammer out the back on the left-hand side. So I think he might be in the game there, Jack Bostock. So keep an eye on him as a bit of a cheapy downgrade if he gets an extended run in this team with Tessie New out. Um Herman SASA comes back in. Jeremy Marshall King also comes back into starting hooker. So um, a couple of changes here for this Dolphins lineup, and I can tell you now that they look much stronger, minus Sean O'Sullivan, obviously. That's a big loss, but they look much stronger, and I think they're going to put a number on the Dragons this week. And I, I'm trying to understand why the Dolphins are at 205 and the Dragons are at $1.77. Ben Hunt is literally the only good player on this team. So if Jack DeVellin comes in and uh, Talatau Amon maybe comes in for Bud Sullivan, Bud Sullivan's been good this year too. So I don't see that happening. Um, Zach Lomax got 16 super coach points, so he's not super relevant this year. Uh, and they moved him to the left and he clearly hates it. So yeah, uh, Dolphins 205 is probably the better of the week at $2.05. Uh, not that we are a betting podcast, but uh, I don't mind a punt. So jump along and then follow us on dabble if you want we've got molten molten fs on dabble if you want to follow our bets for the week um questions are sloan is he going to go another sub 20 now some interesting stats here the fullback average is 68 versus the dolphins so i mean you'd be pretty happy with a 60 from tyrell sloan if you picked him up you probably have to play him if you're using him um he might get another price rise or two but yeah sloan not a huge fan Halfbacks average 98 against the Dragons and right centers average 76. So basically, I don't know whether there's a position in this team that they don't concede points to at this point. But uh, yeah, if you're, I mean, does that mean Milford's relevant? I don't know. I don't know whether it does. Does that mean Brinko Lee is relevant in right center? I'd probably say it isn't either. But um, Connolly Lemuelu gets another edge start. Honestly, this guy being available at center wing, he will also get the two RF duel. It's been confirmed by Supercoach HQ that Connolly Lemuelu will get two RF center wing duel come round six. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me because I always would rather have a center, uh, sorry, have a two RF, a guy that's playing an edge back row role for his footy team in my center wings because you know the base is going to be there. And, and Lemuelu has been quality, hasn't he? So uh, I'm more, I'm a big fan of having him at center wing. So if you're going on him and you don't have any other fires to put out, don't hate it at all. Hamiso. Hamiso Tabuifado, has he peaked? Now, I tell you what, he's probably one week away from peaking in price. Now, I was actually very tempted this, this round to go hammer up to Lockie Miller, but then I saw the stat about fullbacks against uh, the Sea Eagles, and I was like, yep, no, nah, I'm going to let that one through to the keeper. So I'll... Uh, Let's see, that bite me in the ass like it did Nico Hines last week. Don't mind me. Um, but yeah, Hammer, I'm going to give him another week because they're playing the Dragons and the Dragons suck balls. They're terrible. Sorry, Damien Carroll. Um, but that is basically all the notable points about this team. Next game, the Broncos versus the Tigers. Goodness me. Where um, it could be a very, very lonely 
Very, very lonely Saturday night for old Braino. Could be in some trouble here as a West Tigers supporter, but Broncos at first versus 17th. This could be not... There's no more one-sided contest in the NRL this week than this one. Um, the notable changes, I guess, for this game, Luke Brooks, unfortunately, has been named at halfback, which means that I will burn all my Tigers jerseys. Um, I've thrown them in the bin about three times, mind you. It could be four. It could be four. And my missus keeps getting them out and washing them because she's like, oh, you shouldn't waste a good jersey. It's worth 160 bucks or whatever. I'm like, nah, fuck it. Throw them in the bin. They're rubbish. No good. They're, no, they're not a good team. Um, fins up. Fins up. But no, on in a serious note, Luke Brooks, honestly, he's, he's, he must have some nudes on someone. He's got um, something on the CEO. Absolutely guaranteed. Uh, but anyway, he gets named again. Otherwise, no changes. Joe Offerhengawi and Dane Laurie are actually on the extended bench, so I'm very interested. And Sean Bloor as well. I'm very interested to see what that extended bench looks like when they cut from 24 hours out. So keep an eye late Friday night to see what that looks like at 7.35 p.m. Friday night to see what gets cut from the extended bench. Because honestly, you've got three really quality players uh, in Sean Bloor, Joe Offerhengawi, Alex Safarth. Notice I didn't say Dane Laurie because I'm not a fan. Um, I'm hoping that it's the team stays the way that it is. Notable watchers, Adam Dewey at fullback again for his second game. It'll be very interesting because Supercoach HQ have come out and basically said that you need to play three games in a position to be considered for dual position. So, I mean, does that mean that they give Dewey the duel next week if he's named at fullback again? Because they usually add the duels on the Wednesday after Team Bless Tuesday. So, uh, if I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're not going to play Adam Dewey at dual, but it just gives you a bit more flexibility. Uh, sorry, at fullback, it gives you a bit more flexibility, doesn't it? If you if you have that dual player when it comes to trading, so Dewey versus Walsh, I, I predict Walsh to go 100 plus this this uh, this week against the Tigers. So for those of you that went last week or the week before on Reese Walsh, you would be running to the bank with the cash he's making you. Keep in mind, though, Adam Dewey has scored 122 and 154 at Suncorp. So he's basically making the Broncos his daddy at Suncorp. Um, bit of tongue-in-cheek, really, isn't it? Because Dewey's not scoring 154 against this Broncos team and a garbage Tigers team, is he? So unfortunately, I think for those of you that are still holding Dewey, I'm one of them, keep in mind. I'm, I'm still holding Dewey, but I don't think it's going to work out well for me. I will just take a 50 or a 60. That's that's I'll, I'll be stoked with that. I would not be upset at all if he gets me 60. Um, because obviously the next option and one of the options for trades for me this week could be Dewey up to Dylan Brown. I've chosen to go a different route, which I'll reveal at the end of the podcast, but... Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, now, fun fact, love these stats, these positional stats. And I've got to give a shout out to the two blokes. Uh, where is it? Two blokes, one pod. I'm going to try and find their podcast and give them a shout out on this pod because it's they're putting together some quality content on Twitter. So if you're not on Twitter and you're not following some super coach people on there, you're missing out. There's some great content on there. So the guys at Two Blokes One Draft podcast have put together positional super coach stats based on every single position against every team. So from this is where I'm getting my stats from. So shout out to them. Uh the I'm right sure I understand. No, Siri's telling me they don't understand about it. That's a shame. Um what we need to know is that the right edge second rower concedes 86 points on average versus the Tigers. So does this mean that Jordan Ricky is a guy you should be looking at? It absolutely does not. Do not look at Jordan Ricky, but it means that the right edge is very leaky, which means that all of the players on the right edge, it could be Ricky, it could be Selwyn Cobbo, it could be 
Katoni Staggs, all of these guys are in for a pretty big game, I think, against this Tigers leaky right edge defense. So I would definitely be playing those guys if you have them or in draft if if they're on the they're not going to be on the waiver wire, but if you've got them on the bench or whatever, play them this week. Um and also the right edge, funnily enough, it's a battle of the right edges this week. The right edge average is 70 against the Broncos for this year. So Johnny Bateman. Uh, unfortunately, well, I mean, John Bateman's been named, but it's very interesting. Uh, Tim Sheens' comments at the end of last game, where he said basically Bateman shouldn't have come out in the second half because he's injured and then refused to reveal the injury. Thanks, Timmy Sheens. Very good transparency from the Tigers there, isn't it? Um, the question is, could this be the game that the Tigers play like a football team or should they be relegated? I'd say they should be relegated so I can follow another team. But anyway, we'll see what happens. I mean, there could be some points scored in this game. Actually, there probably will be some points scored in the dry surface at at Suncorp. Uh, It just means who's going to score the points. I'd say that the Broncos are in for a pretty good game against the Tigers this one. But honestly, Tigers actually turn up against, in random games like this where everyone writes them off, the Tigers end up turning up. They do it maybe twice or three times a year. Quite bizarre. But um, I've seen uh, Desi Creek, uh, one of the former winners of NRL Supercoach, commented on one of my tweets uh, saying that he he actually gone and put 80 bucks on the Tigers to win at $5.50. Big balls. That's massive. So if he does, he's winning 450 bucks. Thanks for coming. Let's move on to the second last game of the weekend. Skip that one real quick, didn't I? Sharks versus the Warriors, 405. Uh, they're playing this at Points Bet Stadium, and this is the game everybody is talking about because I'm sure that everybody will be captaining Nico Hines. Now, Oregon Kafusi drops out and Trindle comes back onto the bench into the 17 jersey. So it'll be interesting to see. Keep an eye on that bench to see whether Trindle plays as a utility. Um, I'm not overly concerned about it now, to be honest with you, but it just depends how far out and whether Nico Hines gets another rest. Again, when we look at last week, Nico Hines didn't play 10 minutes at the end of the game and he still scored 180. So I don't think that's a concern. Um, Tamari Martin for the Warriors is out, unfortunately, with Ronald Volkman coming into the sixth jersey, playing at 5'8", alongside Sean Johnson. So those are the only changes to this game. And I guess the talking points are Nico Hines, Nico Hines, and Nico Hines. Now, if you've gone and you brought Nico Hines in, I'd probably be chucking the captaincy on him this week, knowing that it's a Sunday game. I've looked at the weather of this game. Um, I tell you what, I'd probably look at if, if Pythagoras' theorem was was worth doing to work out whether Nico Hines is going to score me some points, I'd be doing it this week. Because uh, the question is, do you bring him in early or do you wait until the buy is done, which is next week, knowing that you can just pick him up in round seven and he's not going to cost you anything more than you would have paid this week? I'm bloody scared at 180. If he's going to get 150 against the Warriors this week, don't get me wrong, the Warriors have been good. But if he's going to score big against me this week again and I fade him again, I'll probably just delete the app. So I'm, I'm just going to bring Nico Hines in this week. There's one of my trades. Um, I can watch the Sharks game without fear then. The Warriors have been good, don't get me wrong, but they're not at Mount Smart. They're uh, they're not at Wellington. They are at Points Bet Stadium, and we know the Sharks are quality at Points Bet Stadium at home. So I'm going to back in Nico Hines to go large again, 100 plus. Tohu Harris has been named in the 13 jersey. Now, there was big concerns about the knee injury that he suffered. Uh, He obviously came back out onto the field last week, but unfortunately he couldn't uh, last more than six minutes. Sounds a bit like me. Um, Curran comes back onto the extended bench and Jazz Tavanga could come into the 13 here. So there's a little bit of moving play here going on with Tohu Harris. They've got a couple of players here that can easily slot into that lock role for them. Um, so what could realistically happen is that Tolhu Harris drops out 24 hours before 
or he's given up until the captain's run an hour before, and then they bring in Jazz Tavanga to start at lock, and then uh, Curran comes back onto the bench into the 7 or 16 jersey. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be keeping an eye on Torhu Harris. But like I said at the start, I'd probably wait a little bit to make that trade because you can easily go Torhu Harris down to Jackson Ford, who is a very, very big talking point and getting 80 minutes on the left edge at the moment. So if you don't have Jackson Ford and you have Torhu Harris, that's a really easy same grade down, a same game downgrade to be able to find you that cash and have a playing player in, in your team in the second row. Now, um, Britton Nicara has actually been really good on the right edge. He's uh, obviously partnering now with Nico Hines on that right edge. We know Nico's sliding either side of the ruck, but he's been quality. So Nicara, can he go another 90 to 100 game? I'd probably say that he could. Um, so if Britton Nicara is a guy that you're looking at as a bit of a pod option in the second row, I can't talk you out of that at all. I think it's a really good play. And for the Warriors, no one, I mean, against the Warriors, teams playing against the Warriors, no one's really stood out super coach-wise this year at all. Everybody, pretty much every single position averages between 50 and 60. So there isn't a real breakout position, but there also isn't really a really kind of low floor or sorry, high floor position. So um, I wouldn't really be targeting any sort of positional analysis in this game against the Warriors. Last game, let's move on to the final game of the round, the Bulldogs versus the Cowboys at 6.15 on Sunday. Bloody hell, I hate these 6.15 games. But anyway, um, let's look at the teams here for the Bulldogs versus the Cowboys. There's a bit going on here. So we'll talk about the Bulldogs first. Now, unfortunately, Farmanu Brown comes out um, of this team and Josh Reynolds come in, comes in onto the into the 14 jersey on the bench. Um, he comes back from injury after that uh, injury in the New South Wales Cup. And Franklin Pele comes back onto the bench, which I'm sure all of the people that are sitting there with a plotter that's not playing, they'll be very, very stoked about that. So good old Franklin Pele straight back into the bench, but I reckon he probably plays no more than 20 minutes anyway. So probably not super coach relevant. I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. That's for sure. So get that in mind. Now the Cowboys, there's a bit, a few moving parts here. Shibasaki, James Tamau, Jeremiah Nanai and Murray Tuolungi all come out of his side this week. Brendan Elliott goes onto the wing. Now the one I'm watching is Hylam Lukey gets a starting edge role. Uh, I'm very, very excited. I'm a massive Hylam Lukey fan incredible footballer, incredible footballer. I'm, I'm a big fan. So if he honestly can get some good minutes, we will see him become super coach relevant in the next fortnight. So keep a very, very close eye on him. Um, we know that Nanai is going to miss two, I think three weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Um, but yeah, that you get enough time there with Highland Lukey starting to be able to see what we can get from him moving forward. And obviously with Cohen Hess still starting, there's a reality that Nanai could come back into this team and Highland Lukey could knock Hess back to the bench, which is honestly very uh, good chance of happening this year. And then we've got Mitch Dunn and we've got Price coming onto the bench, Riley Price. So a lot of moving parts. Now, fun fact here, the left winger against the Cowboys averages 88 points per game this season, 88. So Josh Adokar could honestly score a double this week. Maybe if you're a punter, maybe two tries would be the go. Um, and also halves against the Bulldogs, Sorry, against, uh, yeah, halves against the Bulldogs average 88. So does that mean that Chad Townsend is going to score some points this week? I can tell you now it probably doesn't mean that at all. So anyway, stats to keep in mind. Now, will Burton tear up this left edge? I'd probably say that based on the fact that we look at how many points the left wingers concede um, against the Cowboys, I'd say that Burton, Kikau, and Josh Adokar could be in for a pretty big game. So. Uh, worth keeping that in mind. Can Preston and Karaz 
obviously starting, continue their super coach dominance. Karaz, base stats, scored 90-odd last week. Guy's a beast. If he's not in your team, you're almost priced out. I'd probably argue maybe now that he's 720K, you're probably priced out of him unless you're going to reach for him. Um, but I don't know whether people are going to reach for him and still have the money for Nico Hines. So if you don't have that dilemma, I would be reaching, I would be trying to get Karaz in my team and I'd hold him for the rest of the year and not let him go because he's a gun. And Jacob Preston obviously gets the starting edge role as he always has. He's on that right edge. So I, I like Preston. I started with Preston luckily, but if you haven't got him this week, I don't think it's too late to get Preston, but I think honestly, he's going to start to peak in price around that 500K mark. So you haven't got long to go before he peaks. And the Cowboys are very concerning. That's my last note, is that the Cowboys, looking at this team, this team's an absolute shit show, isn't it? There's a lot going on. I mean, drink water's out for another week. Don't go Tommy Chester this week. I don't recommend getting Tom Chester for one week. If you got him at the start, you'll get a price rise out of him, but not a fan. Not a fan of Tom Chester. Uh, don't go there. Peter Hicku comes back into this team as well, but, I mean, that's not really super coach relevant. Um, but, yeah, there's some concerns there for the for the Cowboys, and obviously with the – the Bulldogs at home. This is one of the first games I think that the Cowboys have actually even had to travel um, and they have to travel to Sydney. So yeah, I reckon the Bulldogs could get one up on them this week. What are they paying? $1.90 each. Yeah, that makes sense. So the Bulldogs could absolutely knock off the, the uh, Cowboys this week. Trades and VCs. Let's talk about that. So my trades for this week, and obviously just remember it's Tuesday. I will trade. I will change these trades about 37 more times before Thursday night. Maybe I'll do a little bit of a countdown show on Thursday. Let me know in the comments if you want me to do a countdown show and answer some questions before we, the 8 p.m. game. Uh, but at this stage, I'm going Reed, Marnie, Maradani, Kore, and Ruben Cotter. Uh, they're out. They're gone. I'm going to try and find. Hang on. Got to make sure I do this. And then I'm bringing in Nico Hines, Joseph Tarpany, and Jackson Ford. So as you can see here, the reason why I'm not bringing in Schuster is because I had enough cash to get Jackson Ford at the 2RF. I was going to bring Schuster in at 2RF, and I've still got 61K left over. So I'm trying to think ahead about what next week looks like. I'm a little bit unsure about what my trades look like, but I can tell you now that I'll be targeting potentially Schuster as a downgrade option, depending on how he plays against the Knights this week. Um, but then I'll be looking at really cashing in on a, on a primo option there. And Hamiso Tabuifido will probably be peaked by then. So I'll be looking at upgrading my third center winger to a premium, uh, hopefully with that cash. So those are my trades. As you can see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, my vice captain is Tommy Turbo this week. This won't change. I'm pretty much locked into what this looks like, and Nico Hines will be my captain. I can't do it again. I can't play. I can't watch a Sunday Arvo without having Nico Hines as my captain. I hope it rains a little bit so his hair's wet as well, because we know wet hair Nico is an absolute jet. But Tommy Turbo, honestly, could go 120 plus um, on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon as well. Uh, doesn't look like there's too much rain around either. A couple of showers, really, but nothing that's going to be torrential or affect the, the state of the play. So. Uh, Turbo Vice Captain, Heinz Captain for this week. All right, Q&A. I've got a bloody shitload of comments to get through here, but we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. Now, um, just got to change my screen back, don't I? All right, so let's tackle these comments. Bear with me as we go through them, guys. Um, 404 error page, I like it. Is it worth getting in AFK now? AFK, yep. Um I'm assuming maybe he's thinking AKP. Uh, that's Khan Pereira. Now with a minus 70 BE. 
now that Kohler got hurt. Um, if you've got Kohler, yeah, sure. I mean, Kohler to AKP, all for it. Um, that's probably a safe move. I think Camperera is probably going to make you some good cash. I think maybe keep an eye on what the lineup looks like at the Titans next week. Obviously, you don't have to move on AKP this week um, because he's not playing. So that's not a concern there. But um, you can wait next week. And, and obviously, if next week, then AKP gets named on the wing, Camperera, um, you can make that trade for sure because the the risk is that I think they've they've left or they've dropped Philip Sammy. So Philip Sammy's been released and they've signed Ken Mamalo. So keep an eye on that because Ken Mamalo could easily slot into the wing and should do at the Titans. Hopefully that doesn't affect Khan Pereira. Otherwise, we're all screwed. Um, all right. So we've got Nathan Beach. Thoughts on Tohu Harris to Isaiah Elias Katoa, I assume that is. I know his name, but I did go... Th- uh, Harris to Katoa due to injury scare. Then I went from Ilias to Hines and I have Cleary already. Yep. I'm fine with that. I think Katoa, you, you can probably jump on him this week. I don't have a problem with that. I think especially with, I mean, Tohu Harris, we know he's got a history of knee injuries. He's coming back from an ACL from, I think a year and a bit ago. So um, I'm I'm fine with doing that trade considering that Katoa's got some more money to make and, and he's looking pretty good. And um, he could honestly tear up the Tigers this week on the right edge. So, yep. Fair play. Uh, Troy Vickers, Hanath, Lemuelu or Cheekam? Uh, I'd be going Lemuelu for sure. Uh, I don't, Cheekam's named on the bench this week. So I think, uh, I think his time is done as a starter. So uh, Lemuelu for sure, considering we know that he's probably going to get another, at least three weeks with uh, Felice Cafusi, the Finn Diesel. He's out. So Lemuelu should be that starting edge role for at least that three week period. So yeah, all for it. Steve, how are you, mate? Good to see you on the pod again. Big fan. Um, not bringing in Hines. Cool. Fair call. Uh, I understand the reason why you wouldn't bring in Nico Hines. I'm probably doing it out of fear more than anything, um, just after being mentally scarred from Sunday afternoon. That was brutal. Uh, and you can't justify it selling Murray for Fida Cleary just to get Hines. Yep. I can understand that for sure. Fafita's looking great. Cam Murray, I'd probably argue that you can sell Cam Murray to find the funds to get Nico Hines. Um, he's the only guy that the, the role just really isn't doing it for me. He's passing a lot and he's playing a lot of that linked man 13 role. So I understand why people are selling Murray and I'd probably disagree with you, Steve, that I'd be off Murray right now. I know he will come good eventually and maybe that role changes, but it's just not happening right now leading into origin. So, um, and yeah, Cleary, hopefully against a white and less Raiders. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, if you put the VC on Cleary on Thursday night, I would be very, very scared not having double points opportunity with Cleary this week. I think he could go large, like I mentioned. Uh, Ford over Schuster, for sure. Um, and Troy has mentioned Pezzet to Tigers for Nofaluma. Yeah, I, I'd love that. Even if it was just a, a, a trade option or a swap for the year, like we did with Harry Grant back in the day, or even Nofa, I'm sure he'd be stoked to go back to the Storm, and I'm sure Craig Bellamy would be very happy to have him. Have him. Uh, yeah, I'd love Pezzet this year, and I'd love Luke Brooks to go as far from a West Tigers field as possible. Uh, any other questions? Graham Gale, eleven eighty four with Harry as captain, which is brutal. Uh, Two hundred and sixty green arrows. Yep, good stuff. No Schuster. Okay, cool. Um, Rod T has said he's had to sell Harry Grant, but I now have Wade Egan and Reed Marnie as my hookers. Yeah, I don't know whether selling Harry Grant is the is the good option this week. I think you've got to ride him through to round nine or ten because we saw what he did in the first three rounds. Everybody's reacting to a one bad score against a Tiger team that concedes all their points on the edges. He didn't need to do anything in the middle, so I think that's going to change this week. He will step up. He'll play a big game, and um, I am not concerned about Harry Grant at all in the slightest. Um, 
Cleary and Hines is my halves. Yep. Brown and Katoa is my 5'8 and Turbo and Walsh. Yeah, you're in a good spot, Rod. Keep that up, mate. Uh, all right. James Gowing. Oh, yep. Luke Garner has been rested as he battles some niggles. I don't know whether I believe that, if I'm completely honest. I reckon Luke Garner is out of favor with Cleary and the Panthers. Uh, we've seen him being ripped to shreds on the bench and uh, by the coaching staff, and I don't think he's doing a good job there at all. And I think they're a bit disappointed with Luke Garner. And, of course, he came from the Tigers. Why wouldn't you be? Um, Steve worries about Salmon eating into Hosking's minutes. Yeah, look, there's a realistic possibility, but we just need to remember that Sorensen is also another edge starting role in, at this week specifically. So I don't think that Hosking is affected. I think that Sorensen will be the guy that makes way for Jamin Salmon this week. And obviously, depending on what happens with Liam Martin moving forward, I know that Martin and Yo, like you mentioned, are typically 80-minute players, but I, I honestly don't think that Salmon becomes relevant when Hosking comes in because he's shown that he can play an 80-minute edge role. And I think Salmon was only there as a cover for Luke Garner. So it'll be interesting to see what the bench looks like when they're, they've got Hosking and Martin in this team. Keep an eye on that for sure. We could be having a different conversation in another week or so. Uh, Cheekham, I've already spoken about him, Mr. Calio. Um, I'm not a fan on Cheekham now that he's back to the bench. All right. What else do we have? Got to go Schuster. Troy, if you want to get in Hines. No, I disagree completely. I don't think that you need to go Schuster at all. I think Jackson Ford, if you can find the cash and go from like a Murray down to a Ford, you'll have enough money there to be able to get in Nico Hines if you've got a guy like kind of uh, Sam Walker. Who's worse, the Tigers or the Dragons? I don't know. Damien Carroll will probably call us worse. And look, to be fair, we're in we're favorites for the spoon. With uh, We're 0-4. We look shit out. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Dragons will give us a run for their money. We're, we're not in uh, a much worse position, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, we're both in a bad spot. Is it worth bringing in Lemuelu? Yes, already answered this. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting to these delayed questions, guys. I apologize if I'm doubling up on stuff. Michael Carver has asked us if it's worth bringing in Lemuelu. I would, absolutely. If you don't have any other problems, I think he's a really good option at the center wing. Uh, having a second row in the center wing is is golden. So I'm, I'm all for that. A bit, a bit like Bo for, for more last year. He was a really good option. I think that he could be a very similar type player. Uh, people are getting in Pezzet to then help flip to Hines. Yeah, look, I mean, is the extra 60K or 70 or 80K that he's getting this week really going to help you flip because you then burn a trade? Don't know whether I agree with that. Does Mitchie Barnett pending return affect Ford's starting spot? I don't think so. I think Ford is more preferred in the middle, and it was shown early on in the round, in the first couple of rounds that Mitch Barnett was used as a middle forward as opposed to an edge. And they've shown that the games that Ford has played complete games, which is only two now, but um, I think that Ford has that 80-minute role sewn up. Hopefully I'm right. Cody Walker or Dylan Brown? Dylan Brown, Damian Murphy, Dylan Brown every day of the week. Um, I, I do like Cody Walker. I mean, we know that he's got attacking upside, but his base is in the in the toilet. Absolutely dog shit. So, yeah, Dylan Brown every day. Uh, what else have we got? James is trading Tolhu Harris, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Sam Walker for Tarpany, Ford, and Hines. Absolutely. Very, uh, you're bringing in the same players as me, just different ways to get there. So all for that. Um, Harry Taylor Byrne has asked, who would you go for between Garrick, Miller, and Marju? Um, I would, if cash is not an option and you're not worried about cash, I'd bring in Ruben Garrick. Uh, but I also like Lockie Miller. God, I like Marju too. Goodness me, this is a tough question. Um, I Ruben Garrick is my answer, but... I'd go Lockie Miller if you were a little bit stumped for cash or a little bit short because all of these players are priced at different points. 
Um, Lockie Miller now with the goal kicking. I mean, I'm a little bit apprehensive to go this week on Lockie Miller because, I mean, Hastings could easily take the kicking back next week. Maybe that happens. If he doesn't have the kicking, he's less attractive for me. Um, but he has been good regardless and, and three great options. But I'd probably say Garrick if you have the cash. Uh, Philip Sammy's still there. Patrick Herbert got released. Yep, got that one wrong. Sorry, thanks for correcting me, Steve. Um, all right, Damien Carroll. And we've, yep, so what's uh, Damien Carroll's asked, what's the limit on the amount of origin players to have in now? This is a bit of a tricky question, but I think we need to consider, guys, that uh, moving forward, the rules have changed around the origin period and the major buy rounds this year. So they've changed round 13, 16, and 19, which are the three major buy rounds in NRL Supercoach 2023. You're only going to be scored on your top 13 players, your best 13. So it actually doesn't matter where your reserves are. It doesn't matter who you pick as your reserves. It doesn't matter if you have two positions or whatever that you can't fill. You will be ta- They will be Supercoach have recognized that they'll be taking your top 13 scoring players during the major buy rounds this year. So... That actually changes things a lot. It actually makes it a lot easier to buy plan, personally, because it means that you don't have to go and overreach for your 15, 16 players for a major buy round. You can get 13 and you can be happy with that, knowing that you're not absolutely ripping your team apart to do it. So uh, to answer your question, Damo, I would probably say that I'd be comfortable comfortable having maybe five to six Origin players throughout the Origin period or leading up to the Origin period. Um, because then you can bench them. They're not going to play anyway, but then you're not ripping your team apart. You're not actually really sacrificing those like middle rounds where they'll still play and they'll back up after origin, most of them. Um, I'd say probably five to six. So if you've got Harry Grant, maybe he's a sell because he sits a lot more games than he plays during that middle period of the year. But if you've got other guys that we know get up for or get up after origin, like Payne Haas, he always plays through. Um, Tommy Turbo, he always plays through. It's very rare to see a player from origin get rested now unless they've had injury niggles and things like that. So most players back up these days. So I would probably say six might be the magic number. But again, I'll, I'll probably update everybody a little bit more because I haven't done too much research on this just yet. So good question though. Um, some other questions we received on Twitter. Uh, so Ryan Hammond has asked us to Captain Hines versus the Warriors or Turbo versus the Knights. As you'll see that I've, I've uh, probably... I'd probably say that I would be captaining Hines and then VC Turbo if you've got the loop option in your team. Um, but honestly, Cleary VC Turbo, don't hate that either. I think Cleary Turbo and Hines are the three good standout captaincy, vice captaincy options this week that you need to be looking at. Um, Jake has also asked us on Twitter, Murray. Uh, sorry, he asked us about uh, some advice on his team. So I had a quick look before I look through. So if you're looking... Jake, uh, you're watching us. Uh, mate, I would probably go Cam Murray down to Elias Katoa versus the Tigers. That's a pretty nice matchup, and he's going to make you some cash. Or your other option is to go Cam Murray down to Dylan Brown via Schuster. So ship Schuster up to the second row and then uh, bring Dylan Brown in with the cash that you've got there. And I would honestly be looking to get Sloan out ASAP because he's a bum. I don't think he's going to make you much cash. I think he was a bit of a trap. Caught him a trap in the preseason. Also caught him a trap last week, and he showed us why he's a trap. So I'd be looking to get rid of him pretty much ASAP this week, next week, whenever you can. Um, Anthony also asked us on Twitter, is it silly to go Chance Nickel Klukstad for Selwyn Cobbo due to the Broncos draw having the Tigers, the Raiders, and the Gold Coast coming up in the next three games? And I really, really like the Broncos draw in the next three rounds. So, yes, I, honestly, if you're looking at somebody as a bit of a pod play, you're Adam Reynolds, Selwyn Cobbo, um, Katoni Staggs even, uh, Jesse Arthurs, these guys, I reckon, could score some points over the next three weeks and could be a really good stepping stone up to a premium player in, in any position, really. Um, so I'm all for it. 
Uh, and Will Shaw uh, has mentioned people are trading like it's going out of style. What do you think about holding trades for a strong run home? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan, Will. I think, I, I look, I'm a, also a really big fan of making sure that you maximize the trades that you use in the first four to five rounds because I think we're all going to make some mistakes when we set up our team initially. Some players won't come off like they we thought they would. Some cheapies we may have missed that are really good that you've got to get in. Um, so I think using the first maybe three to four rounds to trade heavy is going to be important to get your team set. But then I think through the middle of the period, you want to make sure that you keep at least three boots, the boosts, sorry, for the, uh, for the buy rounds. You're probably going to need them. And then you want to probably hold at least, I would argue, 10 trades post uh, post origin, post round 19 for the run home. Cause you've got eight rounds there that, and things can go pear shaped very, very quickly with injuries, with changes of role. Um, I would be holding at least as a minimum 10 trades for the run home after origin. So rounds 20 to 27. Um, so I do. Yeah. To answer your question, mate, I think that yes, people are trading hard and I, I kind of have, I didn't trade round one, but I've gone boost to boost. Um, so I've made eight trades in four rounds, but I think I'll be holding off once I get my team set and hopefully then just adjusting for injuries as we move forward. So guys, that that is about a wrap for this episode. Thank you to everybody who hopped on and who joined and who asked questions. I always love hopping on and having a chat about Supercoach with everybody. Um, guys, just if you haven't yet and you're watching, uh, please click subscribe, click like on the video, drop comments if you're watching us on delay as well. Um, obviously it helps the, the podcast get out to more people. It helps. And obviously the subscription means that we're going to be dropping off the podcast to your front door every single time you tune in. So you get the notification. So please subscribe guys, please follow. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever it is, you get your audio platform podcast, um, please give us a review so that we can reach more people there too. Otherwise guys, I might put up a post in the next couple of days about whether people want a countdown show or whether there's a lot of other questions floating around. We'll decide whether I go live on Thursday at around 6.30 before the first game. Otherwise, good luck with this week if we don't chat. Um, hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions. Um, otherwise, uh, thanks for hopping on, guys. Always appreciate the love and support, and we'll see you next time. Good luck for round five. Peace.